Welcome back to the Blaze Podcast and this week's episode is about God as our friend and last week we said it's already quite easy to call God all the big things but what about calling him your friend? So as we speak about this may you learn that God is not just the father not just the big guy up there but that is also your friend. Enjoy the message. Who of you have ever felt like life would be easy if you knew everything about God? You felt like life would be easy. If we just knew everything about Him. Right? Me too. We would understand why everything happens. We would understand why certain people are in my life. Uh, we would know how to act in certain situations where things are a little difficult and you're not sure what to do. You would know exactly if you're on the right path of your life. Am I, you know, in the purpose that God has for me? Life would definitely be easier if you knew everything about God because you knew his, you would know His will and what He wants for you. That would be so easy. So in this series, that's why we're speaking about these things. That's what we're learning. We're learning more and more every week about God. And here's the interesting part is if you want to know what God is like and you want to know exactly what God is like, there's someone exactly like Him that we can read of and that we can look at called Jesus. Ever heard of that guy? Jesus Christ, the guy who died for our sins. If you want to know what God looks like and what He is like, just look at Jesus. Because He is like Jesus and Jesus is God and God is also Jesus. And that's a whole nother conversation about the Trinity and how that connects to each other because the Holy Spirit is also a part of that. And the Father is also a part of that. But the important part today is that God is like Jesus. So when we want to grow our relationship with God, we need to look at Jesus. We need to see what He lived like, where He went, the type of people He went to, the way He spoke, the type of people He spent His time with, because then we will see who God is in our human form. And the one thing that Jesus is quite famous for is the people he interacted with. He sat with sinners. He sat with outcasts. He sat with prostitutes. He sat with lepers. He sat with tax collectors. Now, a tax collector in biblical times was the most horrible person you could find on earth. Okay? No one liked a tax collector. They just wanted your money. Kind of sounds like a lot of people these days. <laughs> no one liked a tax collector, okay? And he really hung out with people that no one else would, right? All those people, leprosy was like a sickness from the devil. If you saw a leper, you walk a mile far away from him. Like if he's laying at the back of the hall, you walk outside the hall past him, okay? That's just the way things were. That's how outcast these people were. But... That's the people Jesus was seen with most. That's the people that Jesus hung out with. So let's look at Luke. Huh? See what I did there? See what I did there? Let's look at Luke 15 verse 1 to 3. And we're reading out of the message translation. And it says, By this time a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and religion scholars were not pleased. Not at all pleased. These guys weren't happy about Jesus hanging out with outcasts. 
They growled. He takes in sinners and eats meals with them. <gasps> How horrible. Treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered the story. Treating them like old friends. And you can pretty much see from that that Jesus had a special place for outcasts, for people that were not okay in society, for people that society hated. He was known as a friend of sinners. And that brings me to my title of this message, and that is God is not only our Father, God is our friend, right? In this world, we have so many definitions of friendship, so many. Like friends, friends, friend, friend, friend. Then we have BFF and we have, I don't know what else. What else is there these days? Acquaintances, that's the person you just see them there, just know their name. Maybe it's not even their real name. It's like when they come to greet you with a hug, you're just like, Woo, hello, okay, thank you, bye-bye. You know? We have so many definitions of friendship, and we have best friends, and, and we have, you know, special friends, and we have friends that we're not sure if we're friends. We have those type of friends where we... Um, they say one thing the one week and the next week you're mad at them because they say something else and then a week later you've forgiven them because they're your friend, right? And it's okay, they're your friend, right? She's my friend, it's okay, she gossiped about me by everyone. Spread a story, but she's my friend, it's okay. It's okay, I've forgiven her. And we all have those type of friends and I have a very special friend who's probably going to listen to the podcast and blush right now. But I have a very special friend and you guys will hopefully meet her soon. But... It doesn't matter why you have some of your friends, okay? It doesn't matter how they became your friend or why you keep them as friends. And it doesn't matter what made you become friends or what your definition of friendship is. <laughs> because some of us have quite a twisted way of thinking of friendship. But this one truth is we all want friendship. Right? It doesn't matter how much of an introvert you are, you at least want one other introverted friend. <laughs> so that you can be introverts together. Because you don't want to be an introvert alone. We all long for friendship. And that's why we know so many people. Even introverts know many people. Even extroverts know many people. Everybody knows many people. And everyone wants at least one friend. No one wants to be alone. We all want just, if it's just one person at least, it's okay. But we don't want to be lonely. So, let's speak about why Jesus is the one best friend, the BFF, the BFF for if, it's best friend forever, forever. The hashtag friendship goals, the whatever, why he is that one. That one friend that is always there. So, let me give you a little background about Jesus and his friends. Because he also had friends. Jesus also had friends. So, Jesus started his ministry at 33 years old. That's 10 years older than I am right now. So, if you thought I was old, he was really old. Okay? 
He chose 12. Y'all with like 6,000 followers and 7,000 friends on Facebook and everybody's your friend on Instagram. He had 12. And there's a significance to that number if you go study it. He had 12 friends that he chose to do ministry and his life with. Not a thousand, not a hundred, twelve. Okay? And he did everything with them. I imagine him and his disciples, his friends, walking in the desert, telling desert jokes, and, you know, just walking and then eating together and, you know, fish and chips and all. Well, they probably weren't chips, but they <laughs> were fishermen, so they probably ate fish. And I can just imagine the puns they made, like, I feel that they made a lot of desert puns, you know, like dry puns. <laughs> I feel that they really made some bad jokes probably together as well. And I can just imagine the things that these 13 friends did. They literally spent three years with Jesus every single moment of the day as friends. They were always together. They did everything together. And um, so he had this group of 12 friends. And at first, Jesus was probably seen as their leader or as their teacher, you know. And the one day, the one day he changed this and he spoke to his disciples. He said these following words, but he's also saying those words to us. So as I'm reading this verse now, I want you to imagine that you're sitting in that group of friends with Jesus. You're one of the disciples, and Jesus is speaking directly to you. Okay? Are you in that mindset? If you need to close your eyes to get into that picture, Jesus is sitting in front of you, campfire, you know, someone has a liar because they weren't really guitars then, and, you know, it's, Jesus is getting serious. John 15, verse 15. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. Hmm. I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything. I've heard from the Father. So get this, we all have friends, right? And some of us have friends. Like you have friends, but there's just some people that's, that's your friend. Like that person knows everything, right? That person knows what's going on in your life. If something bad happened, if something good happened, if something weird happened, if you bought McDonald's tonight, that friend knows. We all have friends, and then we have friends. But at this point, Jesus has pretty much told them everything. They weren't servants. They weren't serving Him. They were His friends. He told them everything that He knows. Who of you have a best friend? I have an amazing best friend. And that best friend knows pretty much everything about you, right? You tell that best friend everything. If someone offended you, if you're mad, if you're sad, if you're happy, that friend knows. And Jesus has shared everything about God with his friends. 
He let them know on everything that he knew. And the funny thing is, after this, after he said this, right, he went into a garden to cry because he was going to go through something that's really horrible. And his friends were right there at his lowest point. At his lowest point, his friends were there with him. And they weren't just there because they had to serve him. They were there because they were his friends and he wanted them there. Now, let me tell you about this one friend that Jesus had. And I think we all know this one friend that Jesus had and his name is Peter. Oh, Peter, Peter. We all know about Peter. And Peter is the friend that told Jesus, he was that one friend that told him, Jesus, you're my guy. Mm, You're the man. If something ever happens to you, I've got your back. If you ever struggle with something, I'm there for you. If it's going good and you need to celebrate, I'm there for you. That was Peter. He said, Jesus, you're my BFF forever. I got you. That's what Peter said to Jesus. Now, (laughs) let's fast forward a few hours later. Okay? A few hours. Not weeks, months, days, you know, when friendship starts going through some difficult things. You know, usually you get a little bump in the road and there's a little bit of a disagreeing in your friendship and then, you know, there's a bit of betrayal and you work through it. A few hours later, okay, Jesus gets arrested. Where are his friends? They all run away. They're scattered. They're scared. They go. Gone. All of them. And there's a few people after that Okay, now you must understand the situation. Your best friend that has been spending every moment of every day with you for three years is arrested. You run as far as you can because you're scared that they arrest you as well. But after this, remember now this Peter guy, right? What he said. He said, Jesus, if something happens, I got your back. I'm there for you. I'm going to stand with you. Peter's nowhere to be seen when that happened. So, a few hours later, there's a few people that see Peter after Jesus was arrested. And they're a bit skeptical because that guy, he looks familiar. That, that guy, I'm sure that guy was with the Jesus guy that just got arrested. And they go up to Peter and they ask him, Hey, aren't you that guy that chilled with Jesus for like three years? Peter's like, me? <laughs> no. I didn't chill with Jesus. Who's Jesus? Who's that guy? I was never with him. No one ever saw me with him. He runs away from those people. And a second time, people come to him and they say, wait, 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 wait a minute. You look familiar. Weren't you with Jesus for the last three years, serving with him and healing people and doing all these amazing things? Isn't that you? He says, no, no, I think you've got the wrong guy. That wasn't me. I, was, I don't know him. And a third time, people come to Peter again and I say, it must be you. We're sure it's you that was with Jesus. He says, no, I don't know who he is. And that third time, the Bible says, Peter locks eyes with Jesus. And Jesus sees how Peter betrays him and how Peter walks out. So, That's pretty rough. And after this, we know what happens. Jesus is crucified. Three days later, he rises from the dead. 
And then he has another friend that sees him for the first time, Mary. And Jesus tells Mary, I'm alive. Go tell the other guys, you know, the bros, the boys that we chilled with for three years that were all ran away. Go tell them, I'm back. I'm alive. And go tell them that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go meet them in Galilee. Okay? Now, <laughs> imagine you're Peter, right? You say to Jesus, I got your back. Whatever happens, I got your back. Three times you told people, I don't know who that guy is. And the first thing you hear is, he's back. And he wants to meet us in Galilee. I don't know about you. If I was Peter, I'm not going to Galilee. If the last thing, the last time I saw that friend of mine, he locked eyes with me as I betrayed him, I'm not going to go meet him in Galilee. But Peter did something else. Peter went forth and he knew the type of friend that Jesus was. But we don't yet. So Peter went to Galilee. Crazy. Crazy. And Peter and, and the other bros are fishing. You know, that's where the fish and chips comes in. But like I say, they probably weren't chips. So it was just fish. So they were fishing on a boat. And eventually someone sees a person on the shore. And they say, that's Jesus. Isn't that our master? Isn't that the Lord standing there? And Peter, we think again, he would be like, what do you mean? No, that's not him. I'm not going to look there. No, he, that can't be him. Why is he meeting us here? Because he knows what's the last thing that he did. But Peter, on the other hand, puts on his shirt because obviously it's manly to fish without a shirt on. Like that's just what you got to do is fish without the shirt on. So Peter puts on his shirt. He leaps into the water. I don't get that part. Like <laughs> why put on your shirt and then go into the... Doesn't make sense, but anyway. So he leaps into the water and he swims to the shore because he wants to see his friend, Jesus. And they had breakfast, fish and chips, on the shore. And then afterwards, Jesus speaks to Peter and he says this. And this is where, this is what Peter knew, the type of friend Jesus was. And this is why he went back. John 21, 15 to 19. After breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter replies, yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He says, yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. Then he said it a third time, Looks familiar? Yep. Said it a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked for the third time, do you love me? So he answered, Master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. Then Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he commanded, follow me. This does not look right. If you think about the logical way of handling this. If your best friend that told you, I've got you, betrayed you three times and you saw him. And the next time you see him, you're not going to ask him, do you love me? You're going to be like, why? 
What happened? Why did you betray me? But Jesus says, do you love me? What would make Peter go back to Jesus to get that friendship back? Because every, any normal human would be scared to go back because you know what could happen. Because you know you betrayed him. What did Peter know that we don't know? Because that's what made him go back. And the first point is Jesus wants friendship with the real me. Jesus wants a friendship with the real me. We said some of us have friends and then we have friends. Some of us have friends and then we have real friends. Friends who I can be myself with, and those are the best, right? That friend where you can have fun, where you can make the silly jokes that you make, where you can speak in funny accents when you want to, when you can do all the fun stuff because you're comfortable being the real you. You don't have to hide something. And what happened was Peter was real with Jesus. He didn't run away or stay away when Jesus said, I want to meet you. He went and he knew that Jesus wants the real him. Yes, he made a mistake, but that's the real him. He wanted to have real conversation with them. After breakfast, he wasn't sitting with them and, you know, and just joking around as if nothing happened. He called Peter out. He said, do you love me? Three times. And that must have been so upsetting for Peter, and I can understand why he got upset, because Jesus knew three times you betrayed me. He wants to have real friendship with you. So when you speak to God, don't just pray now and then because you need a, a help with your test or because your friend is going through a tough time. That's okay to pray for that, but God wants a real friendship with you. With the real you. Not just the you that quickly needs a quick fix or just to quickly feel better about something. God wants friendship with the real you. He wants you to pour yourself out to Him. That moment where you're angry, He wants you to shout at Him and say, I'm angry! He wants real conversation. That moment where you're happy, the moment where you're sad, he wants real conversation. So pour yourself out when you speak to God. Have real conversations with God. Not just the teeny tiny stuff or the please, you know, bless our school or please do this. Or Have a conversation with your friend, Jesus. Second point is friendship with Jesus is fun. Friendship with Jesus is not boring. These friends, let me, let me tell you this, these friends of Jesus, these guys, these bros, were teenagers, your age. Do you think if Jesus was boring, a bunch of teenagers would hang out with him for three years? No, if you have a boring friend, you ditch that friend in a month because they're boring. You don't want a life that's boring, right? No, Jesus is fun. Living a life with Jesus is not boring. He wants you to have fun. 
That's why I say I can just imagine the jokes that Jesus made with them. Can you imagine the practical jokes they played on each other in the desert? I can think of one that I would do. I would bury myself under the sand and then disappear, you know. And then when Peter walks past you, it's like, <laughs> You see, Jesus is fun. Life with Jesus is not boring. If you think that Christianity is a boring thing, then you have a misconception about what Jesus is. The third point. Jesus loves me enough to not let me do whatever I want. Jesus loves me enough to not let me do whatever I want. Let's quickly talk about real love, because love, the word love in our society has been used so much that it's overused, it's undervalued. The value of the word love is not what it's supposed to be anymore. We just throw it around because that's what we're supposed to do. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love that. Yes, I love that. Mm, I love that person. The meaning of real love, we've lost. But real love is not telling your friend, hey, I love you so much, whatever makes you happy, you know? If you have to go out and drink until you're half dead, if that's going to fix your problems, that's going to make you feel better, you know, it's okay, I'm going to support you, I'll be there for you. That's not real love. That's not love, that's neglect. It's not love, that's neglect. Jesus shows us that love is not going to just let us do what we want. With Peter, he doesn't say, it's okay, you betrayed me, we're good. You know, go on with life, whatever, just don't do it again. No. He directly calls him out. Three times. The same three times that he betrayed him. Jesus shows us that real love calls sin out. Real love calls sin out. But he didn't do it in a way where he asks for an apology. He didn't ask Peter, are you sorry? Are you sorry? Are you sorry for what you did? No. Jesus asks him, I want to know, do you love me? Do you love me? Real friends call each other out on their sins and not just let them live the way they want. If your friend is letting you do what you want, if you're going through a tough situation and you should be studying, but instead you're watching Netflix because that makes you feel comfortable, and your friend is like, oh no, it's, it's cool, you know, just watch Netflix, it's going to make you feel happy. Is that really a real friend? When they know what is going to be best for you is for you to study and not be distracted? Or when you are with a guy and your friend knows that guy is bad for you and they just say, no, it's okay, they love each other. That's not real friendship, that's not real love. Real friends call each other out on their sins and not just let them live the way they want. And what do we get from that? What do you get when you have a real friend that calls you out? Well, number one, you get humility because you get humble because your friend is calling you out on stuff. And number two, you get freedom. You get freedom. Peter from this 
didn't feel worse. After that, Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. He learned something from that. He gained freedom. If Jesus was mad at him and said, why did you do what you did? Why didn't you have my back? He would have guilt. He would have sorrow, pain, regret. But instead, Peter has freedom. Love calls out sin. And true love calls us to greater friendship. And the last point, four. He is, Jesus is, the friend that will last forever. Who's lost some friends in your life? I haven't just lost some. I had to push away some. I had to throw away some friends. But the last conversation that Jesus had with His friends was Him sending them out into the world saying, you go do my work. You go baptize. You go preach the gospel. You go share every single thing that I told you. But the one thing He says to them after He sends them out is know that wherever you are, I, Jesus, am with you. The one friend that will never leave you is Jesus. It's the one friend that you have that will be there in every situation. Not just when you call them to be there. Not just when they rock up randomly at your house. The friend that will be there every moment of your life. And Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to get you to know you, not just as a father like we said last week. He doesn't just want to be loving and caring and kind. He wants to know you. He wants to be your friend as well. He wants to have conversations with you. He wants you to speak to Him when you're angry, to speak to Him when you are sad, just the same way that you do when you speak to your friends. You remember last week that I said, if you are afraid of someone, how close will you ever get to them? Well, if you only have an acquaintance with someone, they won't really be your friend, right? Unless you have conversation with that person and you speak to them and you tell them about yourself and you tell them how you feel. That's when you start becoming friends. Jesus wants to get you known like that. And just for a moment, I want you to think about what that means for your life. What does it mean in your life that God wants to not only be your father, but He wants to be your friend. If some of you heard some of the prayers, some of the prayers I pray, you would laugh. I have a conversation with God. When I'm driving and someone drives in front of me, I'm like, God, why did you make that person so that they can decide to drive in front of me? Like, can you just bless their mind to know not to do that again? Please. <laughs> when you are angry at something, shout at God if you have to. I promise you He can take it. I promise you. If you're sad, if you're crying, speak to God. And don't just be like, God, where are you? 
Speak to him. Tell him what's making you cry. Tell him how you feel the same way that you would call a friend and say, hey, I'm sad about this, and this happened, and this happened in my day. Speak to God. You know what's the one thing that makes your prayer more powerful? is when you can speak to God. Not when you can pray in tongues or when you can say all these huge words in your prayer. It's when you can actually just have a conversation with God. People always ask me, how do I pray? How do I pray better? Because it's difficult to pray. Just speak to Him. Just speak. Just let it all out. Pour your whole life out. And then the weird thing is always, but doesn't He know already how I feel? Doesn't He know already my thoughts and what happened today? And, you know, doesn't... Because He knows, right? He knows beginning to end what's going to happen. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows what you're thinking about. But here's the thing. If you spend a day with a friend and something amazing happens or something sad happens, a month or two later when that topic comes up, what do you do? You speak about it, right? Or when you've had a bad day together, at the end of the day, you speak about it. Maybe you and your friend encountered someone that offended both of you. What do you do? You speak about it to each other. Even though that friend was there the whole time. It's the same with God. Yes, He knows. Yes, He knows everything that is going on in your mind and He knows what you're going to say. But He wants you to say it, to hear it. He wants to hear you say it to Him, speak to Him. He wants to be your friend. So as you've listened to this message, I hope that your eyes are opened to God being your friend and that He is Emmanuel, God with us. So we'll see you again next week in our third episode of No Ordinary Father. If you want to get into contact with us, you can email us or you can send us a voice message on anchor.fm. See you guys next week.